6061 Plateau Road in Crossville, Tennessee. And now for the broadcast. It hits you without any warning. Oh, that storm of your life had begun. And seeing no hope in the distance, you're frightened with nowhere to run. And by now, your vessel, it's filling. And you're thinking that you'll surely drown. You've cried out for help from the Savior. But you know you can't give up now because you prayed all night. Cause you've held on with all of your might. Child, your cries have been heard by the Master. That you cannot sleep Cause the winds are so deadly The water's so deep But try to be patient Cause soon he'll bring peace Just one word from his voice And it all must cease Because you've prayed all night Cause you've held on with all of your might Child, your cry by the master oh and he knows your voice lift your hands it's time to rejoice child your cries have been heard by the master or psalms 142 And if you've got a King James Bible, it'll read this way. David was writing here, and uh, you'll notice in uh, 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 Psalms 141, 142, 143, he was talking about crying out unto the Lord. And he's talking about crying unto Him. Uh, And I believe he got a hold of God, because last five Psalms, he was talking about praising the Lord. And I'll tell you, when you get a hold of God, uh, you'll be able to praise the Lord and lift Him up. But David noticed what he said in verse number four. In the, in that first phrase, he said, I looked on my right hand and beheld, and there was no man that uh, would know me, and my refuge failed me, as though, so that no man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. Now, it's a sad scripture right there, ain't it? When he said, no man cared for my soul. Thank you for your reverence to the Word of God. And you may be seated. For the next few minutes, I want to bring you a message on this. I want to preach about He cares, do you? He cares, how about you? Uh, do you really care? Uh, see, David makes a statement right here in this text. And he says, no man cared. No man cared. Uh, you know, it's a pretty sad fact uh, when nobody cares. When no man cares. I mean, we've all been there at some time or the other in our life. 
uh, during sickness or during sorrow or in during different situations. And when that happens, we wonder. Uh, we wonder about this. Uh, does anybody even care? Or does anybody even understand enough to hear our problems uh, let alone to help. And I want to tell you something. We've all been there. Somebody calls it a pity party. Somebody said we're feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, but that's just life. That's the way life is. Uh, but I want you to know in this text, uh, you know what David said right here? He didn't only say no man cared. Uh, but he put the emphasis on the soul of man. And, and notice what he said. He said no man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. Now I want to preach to you this morning in just a little while about somebody who does care. Uh, friend, I want you to notice the Bible teaches us a few things this morning about the soul of man. Uh, you know what the Bible teaches? Uh, the Bible teaches the value of the soul. Uh, see, every one of us sitting in here this morning, uh, we're, we're men. And you know what we do? We prize this body. Uh, we think this body is the real us. Uh, but you know what? God, on the other hand, he prizes the soul. Uh, see, when man takes and he prizes the body, uh, you know what he'll do for it? Uh, brother, he, he will prepare. Uh, brother, everything that he can. He'll pet it and he'll pamper it. My friend, and he provides for it no matter what. See if every one of us in this building this morning can know that our bodies is going to be took care of for the rest of our life. We would be happy. We would think, boy, we got it made. But I want you to know something. There's something more important in you than just your body. Brother, it's the soul. Amen. See, the Bible says Said, oh, what would man give? Oh, what would he give in exchange for his soul? Oh, see, we're promised a new body. Oh, we're promised we're going to get one. Oh, but you know what? We just got one soul. Oh, somebody said, I don't know if man prizes the body that much. Oh, why do we spend all of our health oh, getting wealth? Oh, then turn around and spend our wealth oh, trying to get health. Oh, you know what that's called? Oh, that's called the rat race. Every one of us has done it. Every one of us in some extent or the other has done it. Uh, but ain't you glad this morning uh, that God Almighty from heaven uh, prizes the soul of man? Uh, somebody said, why? How does God prize it? Well, he came to save it, didn't he? Uh, Luke 19 and 10 said, uh, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Uh, the Bible teaches us uh, that God calls out uh, to the soul of man. Uh, see, the Bible says John 6 and verse number 44 that no man is able to come to God except my Father which sent me I draw him God calls out you know what Psalms 23 says God comforts the soul notice that part where David said he restores what? he restores my soul see that soul that you've got in you I thank God is the most valuable part of you God, this body, brother, when it's gone and it goes back to the dust of the earth, one old fellow put it down this way. He said it's worth about three dollars and 50 cents in chemicals and all that. But the soul of man has value, my friend, because the soul is going to live on forevermore. Amen. I believe that. Bible don't only teach 
about the soul of man that we have one soul and it's our inner being I think God saves it uh, my friend that's what God's interested in he's interested in your soul uh, but the Bible tells us a little bit about the vanity of a soul uh, Matthew 16 he said what would it profit what would it profit if you was to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? I mean, think about it. The worst thing a person can do is go through this life and never make preparations to meet God. I'd never make preparations for the inward part. I mean, brother, it's foolish to live all these days. I'd never take time out for God. I believe, brother, the greatest vanity in the world is people trying to gain everything and at the end I wind up loose in their soul. Amen. I read a little story the other day and I, I, I read a little bit of it to Rosanna. I don't know how true it was. But said a girl died and she went to hell up for 23 hours and she saw a bunch of celebrities in hell and you know what one of you know who one of them was said she saw Michael Jackson in hell I don't doubt that a bit then she said I saw Pope John Paul II in hell I don't doubt that neither and then all the other people uh, that she saw in hell uh, all the celebrities that you think uh, was going to heaven uh, my friend that she saw them there and said God sent me back uh, to warn them people uh, but I'm going to tell you something friend you've got one soul uh, brother the vanity is to go through life uh, without making preparations to meet God I mean brother when you get to hell it'll be too late <laughs> for you to pray then I mean there's a lot of people sitting under the sound of my voice this probably go out over the radio you've got intentions one day of making it right but time's going to run out on you that's why it is important for you to get right with God now amen what does it profit you to gain the whole world then the Bible don't only tell us about the value of a soul and the vanity of a soul. But it talks about vision for souls. Proverbs 29 verse 18 said, Where there is no vision, people perish. People perish. Oh yeah. Uh, let me tell you something, church. You know what their number one priority will be here? Or to be here at church? Look up here. If you hear nothing else I say, you know what our number one priority ought to be at church? It ought to be on souls. It ought to be on the souls of men. Somebody said, well, I don't know about that. Uh, listen, friend. If Zion don't prevail, which is the church, if we don't have a burden, uh, my friend, who's going to have one? Is that Hollywood crowd going to tell people what it takes to get into heaven? No, they're not. But you know who usually tells them? It's some old slobbering, stomping, snorting, a preacher, amen, that's preaching this gospel. Listen to me, friend. When we lose sight of what people are and where they're going, we fail to give life 
on the way out. Amen. Oh, somebody said, I find it hard. How to witness to somebody that's lost. Well, the next time, why don't you try this? Why don't you see them in the pits of hell? I screaming in the charred balls. Lost, doomed, damned forever. I was standing at the great white throne judgment of God. I knew I had the opportunity. I to tell them about Jesus. Then if you can walk away, it's a sinner. Listen, friend. We need to have vision for souls. Amen. Amen. So let me preach a little while. Only he cares. How many believes that? How many really believes he cares? Do you? Do you? I'm persuaded to believe that if you're here in this building this morning and you're lost without God, you care about your soul. Or you wouldn't come. We ain't giving out no prizes. We ain't giving out no cash value for you coming to the church. What are you here for if you don't care? Listen, let me tell you. Today I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he cares. That he cares. Let me give you some Bible right here. First of all, God cares about your soul. If he didn't, why would John 3.16 state what it states? The Bible said, for God so loved. He didn't just love us. He didn't just care a little bit about us. He didn't kind of like us, but he so loved us. Woo, glory to God. I can stop right there and shout. Couldn't you? God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. Listen, friend. You know, I didn't plan salvation. The Baptists didn't plan salvation. The Methodists didn't plan salvation. The Church of Christ didn't plan salvation. The Roman Catholics, sure enough, didn't plan salvation. But you know who planned it? God planned it. Somebody said, when did God plan it? In the garden when man fell, he looked over the Son and the Holy Ghost and he said, let us, that means there's more than one, let us go down and redeem man. God cared. You from Connecticut, ain't you? You're true blue Tennessee now. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Right there. But Dave, while you was in Connecticut, lost and undone, and I know you don't care if I use you for an example, didn't know what Calvary was, and didn't know what the cross was, didn't know what being lost was, God cared. And before you was ever born, God made preparations and he planned salvation. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have no problem with that plan. I think God pretty well planned it out. I can't add nothing to it and I can't take nothing away from it. I thank God I believe he's done a good job. God so loves you. God so loves you. 
Hallelujah to God. I believe we all ought to be standing on our feet. I'm shouting the praises of God. I think, oh, David, he said, I looked on my right hand. I but no man cared for my soul. I but if he didn't just look up, he'd have found out. I think God, I cared for his soul. Glory to God. I believe that's biblical, don't you? Man fell in the garden. God instituted the plan. But I've got news for you. If you're a Bible reader, you'll find out that God instituted it long before the fall. Before there was a sinner, there was a Savior. Before man became lost, there was salvation. Before the foundation of the world, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to him. So yeah, I'm glad I can stand. I'm glad I can say this morning that he cares, amen. Not only does God care, but Jesus cares. Jesus cares. Yeah. Praise God. Jesus, he purchased our salvation. He came and gave his life. Thank God that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Now a lot of people say, why did Jesus die? On visitation one time, uh, Brother Nichols and Rosanna's daddy knocked on the door. Nichols asked him, said, do you know why Jesus died? He said, yeah, because he couldn't help it. And then he slammed the door. But I will tell you something. He could help it. He didn't have to die. Do you realize that when Jesus was upon the face of the earth, that he kept the law and he fulfilled the law, he done everything right and committed no sin, but at Calvary he became sin for us. But while he was on the cross, thank God, he could have changed his mind. The legions of heaven was standing by, on standby, and he could have called them to bring him down off that cross. He didn't have to go there. But the Bible said Romans 5 and 8 that God commended his love toward us while we were yet in our sins. Christ died in our stead. You know what that means? That means he took our place. Acts 20 Verse number 28 said that he purchased the church with his own blood. What the devil didn't know, he thought he was getting rid of this man called Jesus. But at Calvary, there was a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins that began to flow. And because of that, when we come to the realization that God cared for us and Christ cared for us, we was able then, thank God, to get saved. Oh, shouldn't that be the number one message? 
Not only does God the Father care and God the Son care, but you know God the Holy Ghost cares. What do you, what do you reckon gives the call? What do you reckon gives the call? God sent the Holy Ghost not to only be a comforter, but He sent Him to be a convictor. And you know what that conviction is? That is when you're sitting there and you're feeling kind of out of place this morning. You say, oh, I don't know if I like that preacher screaming at me. My screaming ain't bothering you. See, they've told me before, you're just too loud, you scream too much, you get too excited, and you're too sweaty. But that's not what's bothering you. They do a whole lot worse than what I do at the ball game. Amen. But what I'm screaming about is what's affecting you. And see, the Holy Ghost takes that preaching and He puts it down in your heart and you realize that you're lost and you need to come to Him and need to be saved. I'm glad He's still convinced. Revelation chapter 22, when the book closed, amen, you read it, uh, the Spirit says come, uh, the bride says come, uh, the life's invitation that's given to mankind is from the Spirit of God. We don't think too much about that, do we? We think if we can't shout a little and rejoice a little, have a good stir and move in the church, and we just ain't have meeting. But I'm going to tell you something. The greatest part of church is when the Holy Ghost deals, convicts, and draws. Very serious. If people could realize how serious it was, they'd get saved in no time at all. But I want to tell you something. The Bible don't only teach about it being serious. The Bible teaches seasonable. It ain't going to happen Forever. You ain't going to get multiple times. The Bible laid out this principle in Genesis chapter 6 at the beginning of the flood that God's Spirit would not always strive with man. I believe that. So I believe I can say He cares. Do you? He cares. But I'm going to tell you somebody else cares. We care. I care. When I got up this morning, put my clothes on, took a shower, and come to the house of God. And I was just a little bit late, but that wasn't hardly my fault. I'm married. And I had to turn around and go back to the house for just a minute. Amen. And so, I, that's all right, ain't I, I said no. But when I got up this morning to come to the house of God, I come for one main reason. I didn't come so you could see me, and I didn't really come to see you. Although I like coming to the house of God and fellowshipping with my brother and sister in Christ. But you know what I've done, Roger? 
I came on business for the king. I'm here and I've been here at Plateau Road for 23 years because I care. And I care enough for your situation that I'm here to preach you the truth and I preach salvation by the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way you're ever going to make it. To heaven, I care. And see, I'm going to slow down here and I'm going to preach just a few minutes. I want you to catch this. Church is not about numbers. Although I like to see a house full. I like to see it running over. I like to see people enjoy being here. And I pulled in the parking lot this morning. I seen all them cars and I thought, well, Lord, we're having dinner. Then I looked down there at the fellowship hall and everybody wasn't parked uh, real close to the fellowship hall and I said, well, maybe not. But church ain't about numbers. Amen. Listen, it'd be hard to have church if you wasn't here. But by the grace of God, as long as the Lord showed up, we'd be able to have church. Church is not about offerings. You ever seen these churches when it snows? They have cold church down. They'll put it up there on their uh, Facebook page. Send you tithes and offerings. Don't they know that people's got enough sense that they're going to tithe? Somebody said, how are you getting off on tithing right now? I don't know, but it's a landing. Don't you know that people that's going to tithe, if they miss a Sunday, they're going to tithe next Sunday? On that same amount. Amen. They're going to give what they miss giving out. But see, church is more than money. Church is more than numbers. What church is about is that we are custodians of the good news. Amen. I mean, we have been entrusted with the gospel of the grace and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I am? You know what I'm doing? I'm sowing some seed. It might not spring up this morning, but somebody's going to come along and water it. And thank God it'll take root and it'll spring up. That's what we are, seed sowers and water boys. The reason why Plateau Road Baptist Church is open this morning, it is for you. Because we care. Amen. Amen. Yes. We care. Amen. Oh, I must have said something. Tithe must have knocked half of you out of the boat. <laughs> I know something about tithing. People are going to tithe. They want to. And people don't believe in tithing. They ain't, gonna, they ain't going to. No matter what you say. What you do. We'll just figure out who's right when we get to heaven, okay? But we care. 
The door is still open at the house of God. Woo! Glory to God. Ain't you glad you found the door open when you come to church this morning? The altar is still here. And I'm fixing to give an invitation. The invitation is still given out. I want to tell you something, friend. You might think that nobody cares. But God cares. Jesus cares. The Holy Ghost cares. And everybody that's saved here at this church cares for you. Amen. Believe that, Wade. That's the reason I'm here. Reason I'm here. He cares. We care. But right fast, do you care? That's the main question. Do you care? Do you care enough <coughs> to get saved? I mean, somebody said, what are you talking about getting saved? I'm talking about coming to Jesus the only way of salvation. Do you care enough that you just come to Him right now? Do you care enough that you will surrender, thank God your life to Christ right now and put it in His hands? Do you care enough? Listen. Listen up. Do you care enough that you will step out from where you're at and walk that aisle and come now? You want know this Bible plainly teaches? Today is the day. Thanks for tuning in to the Gospel Call presented by the Plateau Road Baptist Church and conducted by Pastor Freddie Melton. If you would like to correspond, the mailing address is Plateau Road Baptist Church, 1093 Keys Road, Crossville, Tennessee, 38571. You're invited to listen for the next 30 minutes to a gospel program sponsored by the Canaan Independent Baptist Church and conducted by Pastor Curtis Cravens. The Canaan Independent Baptist Church is located at 1730